This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you. And on the Zoom call this morning, um, we have Tara Wright from Survivors Resource Center and Brooke Ferber, who is with the Child Advocacy Center in Vermilion County. Um, and the conversation today is going to be a delayed one. Um, January was an awareness month for human trafficking. And unfortunately, because of schedules and so many things going on, uh, we didn't get to it until later than I had hoped, but that doesn't mean we're not gonna give it its due justice. Uh, both Tara and Brooke have some experience and knowledge and skill base in understanding the phenomenon known as human trafficking, which I think by and large, as I told the ladies before we went on air, I think if we went out on the street right now and asked people, they first of all, wouldn't really understand what it is. And second of all, would not believe that it exists right here in Vermilion County. So thank you ladies for being with us this morning so we can have this conversation. I appreciate it. We're happy to be here. Yes, thank you. All right. So who wants to start, Tara or Brooke? Tell me, tell me what human trafficking is. I'm going to let Brooke go with that one. Sure. Um, the legal definition of human trafficking is the unlawful act of transporting or coercing people in order to benefit from their work or service, typically in the form of forced labor or sexual exploitation. So it's a violation of human rights. Um, it's not necessarily transporting. You think of human trafficking as moving people from place to place, and that's not always the case. Um, it's it's coercing them. It's um, getting them to go with you, promising them certain things so that they can go and fulfill your service that you need fulfilled, whether it's labor or, um, you know, exploita sex sexual exploitation or something like that. So, Tara, when we... When we talk about human trafficking, I think for most people, they think of large urban areas. The first thing they think of is Chicago, Indianapolis, Louisville, St. Louis. They think of large urban areas, metropolitan areas, where uh, in, their, in, their, in their mindset, kids are loose on the street. I think what they don't realize is that right here in Vermilion County, the last time I looked at the numbers from the McKenzie Vento Act, we have we can have anywhere from three to five hundred kids roaming the streets of Vermilion County. Technically, legally, by definition, homeless. So this can really happen to anybody, anywhere, anytime. Um, that's right. Uh, when we think about um, you know knowing what to look for. And as you mentioned, Linda, you know, yes, our, our larger city areas are definitely places where this occurs and it can occur on large scales. Um, when you think about our hotel industry, um, sporting events, things of that nature, these things are occurring. Um, but uh, talking about here in Vermilion County in a, a rural setting, Trafficking isn't just about, you know, getting on the road and trucking big groups of people. A lot of people are being trafficked out of their own home, the one place that they're supposed to feel safe. Um, and so they're never actually leaving. 
um, the traffic is coming to them in their own home by the person that's trafficking them. So that is something to really keep in mind. And when you think about our homeless population, this is, you know, where that grooming and the incentives, as Brooke was talking about, come into play as well, as much as that they can for, you know, your home-based environment. Um, so there's a lot of factors, a lot of things that can go in with that when we look at how somebody can find themselves placed in this um, and understanding that's what's happening to them. Brooke, it's a, it's a scary thing to realize that, that we have people out there that are that vulnerable, that are that fragile uh, in terms of their own um, homelessness or security, um, that taking up something like this is um, something they do without always understanding the potential consequences. Is that kind of a rambling, stupid statement, or did that make sense? No, no it, makes it makes perfect, perfect. sense. Yeah, um, you know, if you think about a young child, you know, they're promised um, money and, and schooling and, uh, you know, a roof over their head and food to eat and they're promised these things. Maybe they, you know, promising them a new iPhone or whatever. They, they are promised these things to get them to go with them. Um, and you think about adults, adults, it could be drug and alcohol abuse. Um, there's something that they need or they're not happy in their current situation that gets them to go with that person. Um, you know, you think about, um, you know, stalking, getting stalked at the grocery store or something like that. That does happen. Stealing your kids, that does happen. But a lot of times it's that, it's that um, manipulation and grooming and all of that, that that gets the person to go with the offender. Uh, go ahead, Tara. I was just going to say, along with Brooke, you know, when we think about the offender and, um, you know, those key factors that are usually looked at, you know, as Brooke was mentioning, you know, if there has been recent migration or relocation for a person, if they are homeless, you know, and these offenders know what they're looking for. They, they know places that they want to go. They know places that they can come across where, you know, those kids might be or adults. Um, when we think about, you know, the substance abuse and, you know, what goes along with that is usually um, at 100% the mental health issues that might be happening to the person that the offender can pick up on. Um, and also uh, we have to consider involvement in the child welfare system. You know, if that's already occurring, that is a, a key component and connection as well. Well, I was gonna say, you know, when you, when you say human trafficking, uh, you do have this image of, uh, you know, these, this, these swarms of guys in, you know, black outfits or something with trucks and they pull up and capture a bunch of people and haul them off. That's not really how it works. It really works with grocery store or some other place where a conversation out of nowhere, like, hey, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? It can be the most innocent sounding thing but if you are in a place whether it's mental health homelessness need whatever if you are in a place where those calm kind of friendly words hit you in the right spot you're in trouble that's right i mean isn't that more often than not how it happens 
Yeah. Well, the basis of any grooming is to get the person to trust you, whether it's in a romantic type of relationship, uh, a parent or care provider type of relationship. And as we mentioned before, the incentives, things that are given to them that they don't already have and feel that they need. You know, these offenders know how to pick up on that, know how to make huge promises and show them pieces of those promises, you know, coming to life um, for those being trafficked, you know, and they they find a connection. A lot of um, people that have been trafficked still feel that their loyalty is to the person that's harmed them, even yeah. when they get to the point that they understand that's what's happened. Yeah. And Brooke, from your perspective at the, at the Child Advocacy Center, it's got to be very troubling to because we have so many kids that are so vulnerable right now um, and and so easily accessed. It's it's terrifying to think how many are, are out there that may be affected. Yes. Um, you know, the Internet is the big culprit there, too. Um, they're all on social media. They have a lot of different platforms that they can go on to to meet people. Um, and a lot of kids are, you know, you think about um, when we were younger and how, you know, our life was so hard, everything was so hard and our parents didn't do what we wanted them to do. And, and I feel <laughs> like those attitudes are a lot worse nowadays than they were back when yeah. we were younger. Um, and so they are running away a little bit more or reaching out to find some sort of, you know, happiness from somebody else. Um, and they're like, oh, you clean your room. I won't ever make you clean your room. You can come with me, come live with me and I won't ever make you clean your room again. Yeah. And, um, I'll provide you with this and you'll have money and, you know, and, and they are, they're, they're very, um, impressionable. They're very vulnerable. Yeah. And like you said, Brooke, you know, the internet, that's a huge oh. pool of people you know, um, to be able to reach them, you know, and make them unsafe. I think that's the scariest part of all of this because that's so hard to control. So uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about both of your agencies and how you're trying to handle these uh, very difficult uh, potential situations. And we will do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you and on the Zoom call this morning, Tara Wright from Survivors Resource Center and Brooke Ferber from the Child Advocacy Center for Vermillion County. Uh, they're here talking about um, Although human trafficking is not something their each of their agencies specifically deal with, they both have um, gone to a lot of training and have a lot of experience in what human trafficking is and how it affects um, people right here in Vermilion County. That's why this conversation is so very, very important. So Tara, talk for a minute about Survivors Resource Center while you don't have a huge contingent of clients that you deal with in human trafficking. You do deal with this, and this is part of a, an overall issue within, within the county. Yeah, it, it's definitely an issue, and it's, it's not just an issue for Vermilion County. Um, we have become involved and are working closely with 
the Central Illinois Human Trafficking Task Force that was created because of the need, um, not just uh, for Central Illinois, but, you know, the state alone, you know, all of it. But um, we, we each have our part to play. So when we're thinking about prevention and what we want to do for those coming in is looking at what do we know are the signs? You know, how do we educate our community to understand everybody's got a responsibility to be looking, you know, at a person in their care and what they might need. Um, and there's a lot of different signs that can be looked at that. So, you know, here at the Survivor Resource Center, we want to make sure that for all the person-centered individual care, we provide to those clients that come to us and we can see that's occurring. They've talked about it. They understand it is also looking at how do we, you know, educate and be more proactive than reactive in regards to the situation that's become so huge. And Brooke, what about you? You, you know, your agency is relatively new, been needed for so long. We're so grateful to finally have you up and running and, and doing what you're doing. How are you looking at this issue? Um, I'm really thankful that I work so closely with DCFS and, and law enforcement anyway. I mean, I'm very thankful for that. Um, and I have a voice. So when we come together as a multidisciplinary team and we talk about these cases and these interviews that we're doing, uh, we're able to talk about, hey, this could this be trafficking, you know, and, and really bring the topic to the forefront. Um, and as long as all social service, everybody, you know, schools, everybody's on the, you know, knows what's going to happen or know what they should do when they are approached by this, if they have um, any idea that this person might be trafficked, we need to know what to do. We need to respond. We need to know the proper authorities to call. Um, but I think in our center, like I said, I'm thankful that I get to work with other disciplines that are first responders that we can really hit it at, at the beginning. Let's go back for just a minute and talk about, um, and I know we, this is like the current whipping boy. We, 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 we beat up on, on um, the internet and social media constantly, but we do because there's no control over it. There's, it simply exists and it does what it wants to do. And it has afforded the opportunity for some of these connections to be made that were never existed in the past. So how much harder is it now to take this issue on and try to help kids, particularly kids. I mean, adults can be subject to human trafficking too, but particularly young kids, how much harder is it now to try to take this on with kids to get them to see how dangerous this is? They're out there doing crazy things. I gotta tell you, I, I, sitting here a couple weeks ago with our twin godsons, they're in their, they're 25, great kids, young, young guys, um, talking about dating. And I'm sitting in my living room looking at these two and they're telling me how you don't date anymore. Girls just take naked pictures of themselves and post them. And that's how everybody, you know, gets hooked up. And I'm just sitting there looking like some kind of naive, whatever. <laughs> You're kidding me. And they're like, no, no, Aunt Linda, we're serious. <laughs> So how much harder is it now? I think it's very hard. Um, just like anything that we come across, you know, the, the older you are, the more reflective you get to be on how things were. Um, was it uh, easier? Was it more known? Or 
was it not? It just wasn't on the scale that it is today, especially when we're talking about, you know, online safety or, you know, things that are not safe. Um, and when you think about how you combat that, we need the internet, you know, to do the same thing that the offenders are doing <laughs> to grab these folks. Um, we've got to be able to use that as well when we think about education and prevention efforts and, you know, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one conversation or we come across something and using our voice, as Brooke was saying, to say, hey, that's not okay. Not just reading something that you happen to see on there and saying, oh, okay, and skipping on by. We, we've got to definitely be more proactive and be like, no, that's not, you know, and um, there's, it's, it's hard. It really is. Um, but it doesn't mean that we want to stop. We, we want to stay connected um, between all the different providers that we are and looking at avenues, you know, for that education and for those one-on-one -on -one conversations with our community members, with our kids, adults, everyone. I guess awareness is a big part of that and trying to help people understand again, what it actually is and what it's about that it that is not that kind of fictionalized version you have of uh downtown chicago whatever um it's it's it, it's not that at all so brooke for i think for a parent i <laughs> i don't know how parents of 15 16 year old kids do it i really don't it's scary today do you have some ideas or some tips you know, you, you got to walk a fine line. You want to know what your kids are doing and what they're involved in, but then you get that pushback. So it's just not easy. Do you have any no. suggestions? Um, I would I would say have those difficult conversations. Um, make sure you're talking to them about, um, you know, respect for themselves, respect for others, boundaries. Um, you know, being careful on the internet, internet, everything you read is not the truth. Yeah. Um, maybe even kind of monitoring a little bit about what they're doing. I know once they get into 15, 16, 17, it's kind of harder to monitor what they, what they're doing, but, um, you know, monitor early so that they understand that, you know, you're taking this serious um, and just have those difficult conversations. Um, I think that that's the best thing to do. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, go ahead. They're on so many different sites, you know, from TikTok, you know, to the YouTube and all this. And there's all these people wanting to create a laugh, you know, but hidden behind those laughs of the funny things are things that are actually happening. And to one viewer, it's going to look like something very different, like I'm living that to a kid or somebody else saying, oh, this is just a funny thing. It's just comedy. And realizing that if your kids are coming and showing you some of this or you happen to see it right there. Right there is where, you know, if we're responsible and we know, hey, there, there's more than way to view what we just watched, have that conversation and talk about, you know, what that can be like. Um, yes, that's, that's where it needs to be. Absolutely. We're going to talk more with the ladies in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton with you and on the Zoom call this morning, Tara Wright of Survivors Resource Center, Brooke Ferber, Child Advocacy Center for Vermilion County. And both of these ladies have knowledge and experience and uh, extra training um, in the world of 
human trafficking, which is what we're talking about today, because it's such a strange topic to be sitting here in the middle of Vermilion County talking about. We tend to think it's something that happens in urban areas like Chicago or Indy, wherever, but it doesn't. It happens in every community of this country. And Tara, you and I have had so many conversations over the years uh, about the fact that when we talk about this stuff, everybody immediately goes to sex and it really has very little to do with sex. It's all about power and control. And that's really what human trafficking is about. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, like you said, there are so many elements and yes, sex can be a part of that, um, especially when we're talking about what is happening within the trafficking experience for the person or persons. Um, so, you know, there's so many different levels to that. And, you know, what we've mentioned before is we need more people to be educated and understanding what's happening around them. We need them to understand different ways to be aware. Um, and that's a huge part of what our prevention department here at SRC is doing, as well as the violence prevention task force that Brooke and I both sit on and, you know, and looking at what can we bring to the community to make things easier for people to understand for the beliefs to change to know that um, there's more that everybody can do regardless of their barriers when we talk about intervention. Brooke, I think one of the hardest things for people to accept uh, or acknowledge is the reality of how often children are the are the are those that are are the predators turn to because they're they're the most vulnerable. So the younger they are, the easier they are, perhaps, to take. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, they they don't know who they're talking to, whether it's on the internet or, you know, they have no idea who that person is. They meet them for the first time and they're promised all of these things and they're immediately intrigued. You know, oh, you're, you can help me with all of this. Well, sure, I'm, you know, grown enough to go take care of myself and go with you and run away and, you know, that person could put them on a bus and send them over to, to Champaign to get on the train to go to Chicago or um, have them meet them somewhere. We're right on 74, have them meet them somewhere and, and they're gone. You know, they're on the interstate, they're on a train, they're on a bus and they're gone. Um, it, it just, it takes, you know, hours and they're just gone. So, so Tara, if people want more information, uh, have questions, what should they do from your perspective at Survivors Resource Center? Um, they can always reach out to us at the Survivor Resource Center at 217-446-1337. Um, but it is important to know of, of the national hotline if you feel that somebody is possibly being trafficked. Um, they're not going to turn you away if it ends up not being that. They're there to help on, you know, every avenue as possible. And that number is 1-888-373-7888. Um, and they will take those calls. They will look at that information. Um, 
we, you know, we, we want to give as much as we can and we want it to be on levels that everybody feels that they can ask questions and it be an open conversation. Um, there is also an event that's actually happening tonight at Millican University, uh, which is a free human trafficking education panel discussion. So if you happen to be in the area or you know that you'd like to venture over that way, please feel free to do so. And it's going to start at 6 p.m. tonight at the ballroom there at the University Commons. We also have a website, Survivors Resource website. Yes, as well as the Central Illinois Human Trafficking Task Force has just created a new Facebook page. Um, so I... Uh, I'd say, you know, it would be great for all of you to check that out and you'll be able to get lots of information about what we are doing for Central Illinois through that task force division and all the subcommittees that are a part of it. And Brooke, some of the most important, the most maybe the most important piece of information for parents is to encourage them to have that conversation. Yes, you know, have those difficult talks. I know it's uncomfortable. Um, you know, your kids might roll their eyes and want to walk away, but I think it's important to, you know, kind of get down to their level and talk to them one-on-one -on -one about those, you know, boundaries and having respect for yourself and others. Um, that, you know, it could be child pornography to have naked photos on your phone. It could be child pornography for another person if you're underage to send them to somebody else. Um, a lot of people, you know, it's against the law. It's it's harmful in a lot of ways and there's a lot of um consequences yeah and a lot a lot of need for that conversation which is there's nothing comfortable about it but it needs to be held to make sure our kids are safe that's all you can do absolutely ladies thank you so much for being with us this morning and for sharing such good information it was so important to hear from you and we will have this conversation again as we go forward thank well, you, you very much Absolutely, anytime. Join me tomorrow. We're going to have some gentlemen from the Westville um, Legion. We're going to be talking about their honor roll project. Can't wait to hear about that. So join us tomorrow for Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.